This is the AMA Los Angeles Podcast. Welcome to the AMA Los Angeles Podcast. I'm Joel Metzger. We are back in the offices of Innovation Protocol in Koreatown, and I am here with Emmanuel Probst, Advertising Effectiveness Strategist. Welcome, Emmanuel. Thank you for having me, Joel. Consumers are bombarded with advertising across all these different screens, all these other channels. How can brands stand out and reach these people? Yeah, you're right. Consumers are bombarded uh, 20 plus hours a day. Many of us sleep with our cell phones close to our bed, and more often than none, people um, will get ads or some form of marketing reaching their cell phone literally in the middle of the night. So how do you stand out? Well, by um, delivering a message that is relevant to them. You stand out by making sure you target the right prospects, but also you target them with a product or a service that is relevant to them, that is meaningful to them at a specific point in time. If I take an example, uh, let's take coffee, because lots of people drink coffee. If I'm a brand like, say, Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, if I want to sell you coffee, I might want to target you early in the morning on your way to work. Um, this exact same ad wouldn't be as impactful, as relevant, as effective at 9 p.m. at night, simply because unless you work night shifts as a nurse or firefighter or something like this, very, very few people are going to take a trip to Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks at 9 p.m. to buy coffee. So in short, it's about the message being relevant and being delivered at the right time in the right format. How do you even know who your customers are anymore? Do people actually take surveys anymore? See, that was easy a few years ago because you just use the word surveys and people will simply take surveys exactly and um, be pretty open most of the time about how they would feel about a product or about a service. Well, it's harder and harder to get people to take surveys and they don't open up as well. It's also more challenging across specific demographics. The millennials, for example, they hate surveys. So they don't respond. And when they respond, um, their responses are just misleading. So what you have to do is you have to combine different data points, meaning you can still do surveys, but you also have to look at uh, what did people search for online? What ads have they been exposed to? What websites do they like to go on? Um, what about their media consumption habits? Um, do they watch TV? Do they watch specific content on YouTube, for example, on other social media websites? Do they listen to specific podcasts such as this one? And you have to combine those different media channels and those different data touch points to build a more comprehensive picture of your audience. There is no other way to do it. So all those things, what does that mean for people working either on the brand side or the agency side? What, what are the skill sets that they need? You know, it makes their life a lot more complex, let's be honest. Because designing a survey can be tricky, and it's a skill set, of course, but it's pretty siloed. Um, aggregated those data points, it means that not only you have to know how to design a survey, but you also have to understand how to combine the data, aggregate the data. So a traditional skill set will be to have people with a market research background. A traditional background will be 
um, a CPG background, for example, you know, people that worked at General Mills or that worked on, on various CPG brands because that's a good way to start a career. That was five years ago. Today, you want people um, knowledgeable about data science, about data integration, about data management platforms, and able to combine traditional research methods with newer sources of data. In other words, they don't need to be as knowledgeable about market research, but they need to be very knowledgeable about data integration. So again, with all these channels, uh, do you need to come up with content message specific things for each channel? That sounds like a lot. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Um, we've done a lot of research on research. The outcome is clear. If one uses the same creative tactic across all channels, this just this is not impactful. Meaning, um, a good example is the Super Bowls coming up. It doesn't matter how many million dollars you spend on creating a great ad for the Super Bowl. That format is likely to be very good for the Super Bowl, okay to be repurposed for other TV ads, but that exact same 30-second spots is just not going to carry over to cell phones, to tablets, to YouTube, pre-roll, and whatnot. So what you have to do is indeed to come up with if not specific creative tactics, specific creative executions for each channels. And to be more specific here, that same concept you have for that Super Bowl ad, um, you, you can work from that same concept, you just need to adapt the format to a mobile phone screen, to a tablet, to YouTube, to Facebook, and so on and so forth. So with all that, how to measure the impact of a campaign then? It's dicey. It's complicated. Because you asked me earlier about surveys. Can we use surveys? Well, that's also the way we used to measure the impact of campaigns a few years ago. Simply fill the survey to understand do people remember the brand and how do they feel about the brand before and after the campaign. You have to get, you want to get a lot more granular than that. You want to understand the effectiveness of the ads for each media channel. In other words, the performance of your Super Bowl ad is one thing, but you want to understand the cumulative effect of this ad across mobile, tablets, various social media platforms. So you need to take into account all those different media channels and really identify which ones perform best and what combinations perform best. Maybe it's TV plus YouTube. Maybe it's YouTube plus mobile phone advertising. Maybe it's TV plus radio plus YouTube. That's the goal, is to come up with the most impactful and cost-effective combination across channels. You work with some of the biggest advertisers in the world. What do they have in common? What they have in common, the good news is they have a lot of data. And that's the bright spot, because we know a lot more about consumers than we did a few years ago. Um, and a lot of those data points are behavioral. That means we don't have to ask people. We know about what they do already. So that's what advertisers have in common. What they have in common is they often don't know where to start and <laughs> how to extract value from, from the data. So the buzzword is big data. 
And what big data means really is millions and millions of data points about millions and millions of people. Problem is you have to know what you're looking for or else you waste a lot of time, energy, and money. If a campaign is not working, what can you do to, to course correct it? You know, that's another good news. You can make changes to your campaign on the fly, meaning you can tweak the creatives. You can um, change your media plan. Where are you going to advertise? When are you going to advertise? And my point is digital gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of how long it takes to produce the ads, how long it takes to test these ads, and the extent to which you can tweak your media plan. You no longer have to commit to everything up front, decide um, where you're going to advertise for the next 12 months. You can make decisions in a matter of minutes if you want to prioritize or if you want to pull the plug on a specific publisher or keep fielding a specific ad or maybe pull the plug on a specific ad because you identified that it was just not very effective. Is there a lot of money being wasted on uh, advertising measurement? There is an old saying in the industry that is, um, I waste half of my money in advertising, the problem is I don't know which half. Mm -hmm. And that's from uh, Wanamaker, yeah, 1800 something. My point is, over the last 100 years, the question in advertising remains which half do I waste? So that's the bad news. The short answer to your question is yes, there is a lot of money being wasted in advertising because ads might not be targeted properly, because it's the wrong format, because um, it's reaching the audience at uh, the wrong time. So the rough truth is we don't know that for sure. Is it 50%? Is it a bit more? Is it a bit less? Bottom line is a lot of money is being wasted on advertising. That's the bad news. But the good news is the targeting capabilities we have today enable those advertisers to really fine tune their message, who they are going to go after, how they're going to deliver that message and really maximize their advertising dollars. All those data points come in handy. Indeed. Uh, we see a lot of brands teaming up with celebrities to get exposure. What's your take on that? That is, I think, something you have to be very careful about. Of course, it's very tempting to say you're going to team up with the Kardashians or with Justin Bieber to promote your brand. It's tempting because you'll access a very, very large audience and you get some endorsement. And it's also tempting because arguably for some audience segments, there are no other ways to penetrate that audience. So if you want to market to people 18 to 25, um, or 18 to 24 rather, um, 25 to 34, it'd be very hard to reach these people with magazines, for example. Even outdoors going to be very, very limited and don't even think about TV. It's tempting to go on Snapchat, to go on Twitter, and that's why um, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Google, all these people charge big bucks, and rightly so, because they give you access to a prime audience. Here's where you have to be careful. One does my brand align with the celebrity? Or should I say the other way around? Um, does the celebrity align with my brand, its values, the way they could use the product? It has to be real. It has to make sense for the audience or else it's a waste of time and it's a waste of money and it's just going to damage your brand. And two, you have to think about return on investment. Um, 
it's one thing to pay bloggers so that they blog about your product, but look at the reach, how many people read the article, how many people purchase your product as an outcome of reading those articles, how easily can they purchase your product after reading the article. It can become very expensive initiative and a big waste of money very, very quick because these people charge a lot. As we wrap up, can you share some good news for advertisers and consumers? I think the great news is about the targeting capabilities. The ability you, as an advertiser, will have to target very, very specific groups of consumers, not only according to demographics, but also what we call psychographics and need states. In other words, not only as an advertiser can you target people according to their income or uh, their educational level as an example, but you'll be able to target these people according to what do they like? Do they work hard? Do, are they vegetarian? Do they like carriages and whatnot? And also need states, when do they need your product? And that's very, very important. That's a great place to end it. Emmanuel Probst, thank you so much for being on the AMA Los Angeles podcast. Thank you, Joel. I appreciate your time. You've been listening to the AMA Los Angeles podcast. For more information on the American Marketing Association's Los Angeles chapter and to find out about upcoming events, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. This podcast was produced by Joel Metzger and Icebox Logic.